Afterlife with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome. This is The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, baby. We're here for two hours. Best Christian music you'll ever hear. And uh, the most mediocre host you'll ever hear. <laughs> <laughs> We're continuing on in our Parables of Jesus series tonight. One of the classics. They're all classics, but this one hits home to a lot of us, no pun intended. And um, we're going to be talking about the prodigal son tonight and the prodigal son's older brother, the person we kind of forget about, as did his father. And uh, we're going to look at the two points of view tonight, and uh, we're really excited. We're in Luke chapter 15. If you have your Bibles and you're able to get one and follow along, we encourage you to do so. Familiar story, and it's named in my Bible, the prodigal son parable. Um, but, you know, when I was studying this, and I went to a Christian college. When I was studying in college, the professor called it the parable of the older brother. Because yeah. in the context of this chapter tonight, you know, Jesus is trying to talk to the Pharisees. He's talking to the older brothers, so to speak. And um, talking about his heart, like we said in the last um, couple of weeks, the, the you know, the lost, you know, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, how precious we are. Um, to Jesus and how he searches for the lost and his heart is with the lost um, and his heart is for the prodigal as we'll see in this story but you know we're the older brother in this story we're not the father <laughs> and we don't have we're not sitting around waiting for our prodigals to come home um, although we should take an ex- you know take a lesson from the father in this case um, as we're the older brother in this story we can get a lot of uh, and maybe we're maybe you're not maybe you're like well I fit more with the prodigal son tonight so we're going to kind of talk about this parable, get into it, and um, see what God has for us. And of course, as Jeff mentioned, just some great music in the store. We always do. Yeah, we like to bring it hardcore style. No, I don't know. <laughs> we, we tear it down. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Our first segments are notorious for us trying to act cooler than we are. <laughs> because you got to lure the people in. It goes back to that mediocre comment. Yeah, and then you lure them in, and then you deliver the mediocrity. <laughs> All right, Walk Away From Love by PFR, and that's what the, the younger brother did. He walked away from his father's love and the, the good life he had, you know, being in his so, father's house. So silly. That's just silliness, that he would do something so silly. I so let's just recap the story. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So... His dad gave him his livelihood, his portion, and not many days later, his son was out of there. Gathered all that up, went to a faraway country, wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there was a famine in the land. He got hungry. He went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed swine. He ended up just feeding pigs. Um, And he would have gladly eaten the pig's food. Because he had nothing to his name. He just, he wasted it all. You know, and that's just a great picture of sin tonight. You know, um, we've all been given heavenly riches, the Bible says. You know, everything that heaven has to offer has been given to us through Jesus Christ. We've been given that tonight. And, um, you know, how do you know a prodigal? (laughs) You're like, I'm not a prodigal. I haven't left home and ran away with my parents' fortune (laughs) um, or lack thereof. Um... You know, you're, prod- you're a prodigal. You know that when your heart, and you've, you've been given everything by Jesus, and your heart 
and you've said, you know, God, what you have to offer is not good enough for me. I'm going to go look somewhere else for something better. And you end up eating pig's food. (laughs) All right. That was John Cox with 80 years and um, great pictures in the last two songs about the story we're talking about tonight. Someone who went off to go and do what they wanted to do. Totally neglected their calling, their position in life as a child of the, you know, probably a wealthy man, I would assume, in this story. He's got this inheritance and, you know, the son cashes in early. You know, he pulls everything out. And uh, there's no taxes that he had to pay on the inheritance back then, I doubt. You know, <laughs> <Inheritance> tax. <laughs> nice. But, you know, the, the older brother would have gotten like two-thirds share. He gets a third. So he's like, you know what? I'm not getting a large share, so I might as well just blow it. So he takes it from his dad. And it's kind of insulting to his dad, I would think. He'd be like, hey, I can't wait around for you to die. So pay up now. <laughs> it seems it seems a little harsh, you know what I mean? Like, come on, old man. Just hurry up and croak already. You know what? I'm not going to wait for that. Give me the money. And, um, you know, I'm sure the, the father wasn't like, okay, here you go. Go spend it all. It was more, I'm sure, out of reluctance. He just... Yeah. You know, kind of let his son go. And, you know, the interesting thing is that God does that with us. If we want something bad enough, he lets us kind of have at it. And then we get our, our fill of it and we end up getting sick. And there's a lot of examples of that in Scripture where, like, especially in the Old Testament, if you think about when God's like, hey, you want quail? You're going to have quail coming out your nose. <laughs> and he actually says that. And, they, you know, they're complaining in the wilderness, I need this and that. And then God gives it to him, but he gives it to him like, to the nth degree and they're like oh this is too much you can't handle it and then they end up regretting what they've done and stuff and that's what the prodigal does and um you know i've been there i'm sure a lot of you have got been the prodigal but then you know we've seen the other side of it as well where we've been feeling like wait a minute this person just totally messed up and blew everything and now you're just gonna welcome them back without like they did nothing wrong yeah what's that about you know it's interesting to look at the two perspectives because we can easily look at the older brother and be like, oh, what's his problem? He should be happy that his brother's home. And then you look at the other brother, you know, and be like, oh, I can't believe he went off. And you can look at both. And uh, it's a very interesting topic, I think. I was reading this this last part of the verse where he says, he would have gladly filled the stomach with pods that the swine eat, and no one gave him anything. You know, and that's that's the end of it. You know, you just, you're hoping someone just tosses you something good. You know, and if and if you've pictured in your mind times where you've been so blessed and you don't have it anymore because of some decisions that you've made where you've walked away, you know, where the prodigal son, the, the son who had as much as he could have wanted, you know, in his father's house, you know, not having to worry about where he was going to sleep, what he was going to eat, um, what he was going to wear, you know, everything was taken care of. Every every need that he had was was provided for, you know, every... He was loved, he, you know, emotionally, physically, everything he had, you know, was was given to him. And but just because he was a kid, just because he was his son, he didn't have to do anything. You know, he didn't have to work for it. He didn't have to try really hard. You know, and that's the way it is with our Father in heaven. You know, we, we've been given everything. We didn't have to, it's grace. We haven't, we haven't had to work for it. <laughs> we don't get to earn God's riches, you know. They've been given to us through Jesus Christ. And here's the prodigal. Picture is, you know, taking what he had, the material part of that, and taking off and squandering it all, you know, and partying it up, living it up in the world, and um, basically telling, by that, telling his father, 
what you had to offer wasn't good enough for me, you know. And if that's you tonight, you know, in this place where, you know, I made that decision. I told God that what he had to offer wasn't good enough for me. You know, you can you can hear something in this message tonight. Mess of me by Switchfoot. Appropriately enough, we're talking about the prodigal son at the feeding trough along with the pigs. And you know what I think is interesting? I actually saw one of those um, animated cartoons. Um, you've probably seen them. They're like the real popular ones, like Hanna-Barbera. Like they're actually like really well done. And it was the prodigal son. And you see him, he's got all this money. And everybody's like, look at this guy. You know, everybody latches onto him. They're like, oh, you're my best friend. You know, how, how it is when you... You know, you realize all these friends that you never had when, when you're being successful and you have a lot of money. And it's really interesting because as he begins to lose it and people take advantage of him and they he gets caught up in schemes and all this stuff, and he's just throwing his money away. Then he goes to those people and it's like, hey, man, I, I need some help. And they're like, whatever. Like, they totally blow him off, the so-called friends. And, you know, I've seen that happen. And I've, I've been a part of that where, like, when everything's riding high, you know, you, nothing can go wrong. And he is yeah. at that spot. And then soon as things start to break down, you realize that you're alone. Yeah. Everybody just like, they leave you like you're a leper. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? I thought I had all these friends. Like, where'd they go? And it's like, oh, they were just uh, riding in your wake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you were, you were headed in the right direction that they wanted to get to. So they just kind of hopped along for the ride. And it's really sad. You think about this guy sitting and he like, can't even really get a job like he's not even making money i don't even know why he's going to this guy for you know why is he even there with the pigs it doesn't say that he's really making any money and he's not even he says no one gave him anything is that like so what was he doing there like it's almost like he just had no purpose and you know how we go off and you know we might find something that's satisfying for a little while we think that oh man i wouldn't have had this if it was if god had his way but then those things, you know, we start filling the void that God, that's for God with just disgusting grossness. And we're like, why isn't this satisfying me? Because it was never meant to. And, uh, you know, it's just really, it's a wake-up call. Because you read this story and, and, you know, cut through all the the Bible characterness and, the you know, the, the Bible storiness of it. And look at it as a real scene. You know, it's interesting. It, it doesn't say that it's a parable. Jesus says, a certain man had two sons. So who knows that this was a true story that Jesus knew about. You never know. Um, it's lumped in with the parables, but you know, just think about it as the real people involved, and I think it really opens your eyes a little bit. Bring it into modern times, even you know, when you're talking about things like this. It's just, I don't know, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's like instead of eating pigs' food, which may not be relevant to you, it's uh, you're sitting there eating trash out of the trash can. Yeah. You know, you're eating something out of the gutter, um, which isn't good yeah so and in verse 17 it says he came to when he came to himself or when he came to his senses you know and he was deceived you know he was deceived into thinking that all this other stuff that he thought he wanted that wasn't in his father's house was something that was going to give him some satisfaction and uh he was deceived he was out of his mind you know and when he finally realized when he came to his senses you know, he started thinking, I mean, even the servants in my father's house had food and enough to spare. You know, even the lowest of the low had something that more than I actually have now. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, don't let, don't be deceived tonight. You know, don't let the enemy come in there and whisper 
in your ear, hey, you know, this is better than what God has to offer, because it's not. I mean, there's so many pictures. Just look at Adam and Eve in the garden with the serpent. I mean, day one, <laughs> or whatever, day eight, whatever day it was of the world. It didn't you take know? long, I'm It didn't sure. take long, you know. Deception number one. You're unbelievable. The Ultra. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That was There's Only Forgiveness by John Rubin. And it's time for our unbelievable segment. And this is a pretty simple one, I think. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that can disagree. Something that is genuinely unbelievable, and it's food. Mm -hmm. But not just any food. The other white meat. Pork. Pork. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> it Man. is in my house. I'll tell you what. Anything with bacon on it is better. <laughs> bacon makes it better. Oh, no. Like, you didn't, you couldn't think the filet mignon could get any better, but when you wrap it in bacon, it just gets so much better. Think about it. Anything wrapped in bacon. No. Turkey legs. My favorite. Ice cream. My favorite <laughs> is scallops wrapped in bacon. Wow. Bacon wrapped shrimp. right in your mouth. Man, anyway. think about this. Slow roasted pulled pork. Man, all the juices and the pork just is falling off the bone. It's so tender. It's just like hash. Almost it's like just like shredded to mince perfection and you just eat it and it just melts. Mm. So good. And then you just slather it on with your favorite type of sauce, barbecue, whatever it is. Molasses. No, I don't know. <laughs> and then there's pork chops and applesauce. Can't go wrong with a little pork top. Like, and then there was these imposters, like, you know, faking bacon. <laughs> How dare you? You know, it's like, let's try to be bacon, but not really. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> idolatry. It's like creating an image of something perfect. And idolatry. like, it really is. How dare you mess with my <laughs> Bacon my is, idol. is a perfect creation by God. <laughs> And you just ruined it. God created pigs. I mean, it isn't kosher, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't call common what I've called on. Uh, yeah, whatever he said. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about um, even even jerky, like when they make that. I mean, a lot of times it's beef and it's deer or whatever. Yeah. But, man, just that concept, that bacon concept. Oh. Bacon ends, it's the best. Oh, yeah. Just that, how about, uh, I just had them a couple days ago, actually. Honey. Boneless ribs. Oh, ribs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. Man. I want my baby back. <laughs> <laughs> I think the altar life would be good with bacon wrapped around it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is hour two. Hour two. And uh, just think about bacon. the altar when they, you know, the burnt sacrifice. They put food on there. I mean, yeah. not pork. But no, they would lamb. put like yeah, and it would mm. just like get charred. That nice char Maybe on the, the outside. Next bill should be about lamb. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> anyway, talking about the prodigal, and uh, he you was know, probably eating pork, and he shouldn't have been. That was probably one of the things he did while he was out out of his father's yeah. house. Probably had tisk, lots of bacon. Tisk tisk. <laughs> anyway, he came to his senses and he realized that he, uh, you know, he should have. He was better off being just a lowly servant, a hired servant in his father's house than sitting in the pigsty where he was at. And, um, you know, he was thinking, man, I'll just go back and and I'll, he probably won't want me as his son anymore, but I'll just go back and uh, just at least be as one of his servants. That way I can just eat. I can survive, you know. 
you, you, you might feel like that as a Christian, like, man, I'm not worthy of being a son anymore. Maybe I'll just come back and, you know, be a hired hand in the yeah. church or something, yeah. like earn my way back somehow, like it had anything to do with our behavior before. And we're talking about the prodigal coming back home, you know, and he, he's playing out the scenario in his mind. You know, if I go back home, you know, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say. Father, he's re- re- rehearsing his, and we've all been kids and done this. Like, oh, my dad comes home, he's gonna kill me. But uh, here's what I'm gonna say, so it's not as bad. So maybe he'll take it easy on me. You know, you kind of rehearse that conversation. We've all had those kinds of conversations where we're trying to play it out in our minds and anticipate the reaction, so we can maybe if we say it just the right way, it'll be okay. And he's saying, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy be called your son make me one of your hired servants you know and you know what's great about this is that he comes back and one he comes back two um you know he repents he basically confesses his failure he he admits to it um and that's all god asks for us you know when we're walking away is come back home turn come back home walk toward god walk toward your father and just tell him what you did wrong you know admit it and it's so hard to admit our failure we somehow think that if we gloss it over sometimes it's not going to seem as bad and god might like us better um but he died for the he died for us and it really had nothing to do with our behavior anyway and he expects us just to be honest yeah i mean what's so awesome about this story is it says when his father saw him and had he had compassion ran and hugged him kissed him and the son he gets out the first part of his story or his confession, I guess he says, Father, I have sinned against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The dad cuts him off at that point. He's like, that's all I needed to hear. Admitting you're wrong, you're not worthy, because you're not worthy, that's okay. That's how I like it. And he says, go and get the fatted calf, get the best clothes, get everything for him. He's back. I thought he was dead. Now he's back. And that, you know... God doesn't allow us, or at least he doesn't want us to get to that point where it's like, make me a hired servant. Yeah. You know, I know I need to get the brownie points back up. I need to, to build up my, my Jesus coins, <laughs> you know, so I can cash them in at a later date. It's not like that, you know, and this is the, I think this is one of the hardest things for me to grasp, for anyone as a Christian to grasp, because we think we need to earn it. Even though Jesus died for us without anything without us contributing whatsoever once we get saved we're like okay now he expects me to earn it (laughs) and then we start to put this trip on ourselves it's like oh man i screwed up i gotta like do it twice as hard now to make up for that screw up you know it's not like that in the kingdom of god and it's it's one of those mysteries that we'll never quite understand that god loves us and he knew what he got he knew we're his son we can never do anything to not be his son or daughter again Huh. Isn't that an encouraging thought? <laughs> it's like grace isn't just about getting saved. Yeah. It carries us through yeah. forever. Nice. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Forgiveness by Luna Halo. That song is great. The lyrics tie in with what the son feels. He remembered what it was like back at his dad's house. He's like, you know what? My dad treats his servants great. He treated me great, and I took it for granted. And that song's just talking about how the things you said found their way back into my head and I regret my ways and that's that's all that God you know that's all he desires is for us to turn back to him to turn our thoughts toward him 
And when we do that, he's there. He runs and meets us there. It's not like, yeah, that's right. You come crawling back yeah. inch by inch. No, he meets us. As soon as, as soon as he can see that we've turned and our attitude has changed toward him, he's right there. And isn't that encouraging? And that's what he wants for his people. He wants us to have that same attitude when the sinner is beaten down, crushed by the world. When they come back, our heart is to be like the heart of the father, not like the older brother, which we'll get into. And this is great. Like Jeff was saying, the father's reaction is one of rejoicing. He puts his robe on him, puts a ring on his hand. He reinstates him as son. You know, he reinstates him in the position that he was at before. And as if nothing ever happened. Actually, the older son was, and so as we're getting into the older son and what his reaction was, you know, was jealous. You know, here's his younger brother. Look at all the stuff he did. Look at all the, look at the screw up that he was. Look how much pain he caused the father, you know. And here he comes back and he gets a party and he gets a robe and, a you know, he gets all the stuff. The fatted cap, that was for my wedding. You know, like it's just those those thoughts of man how could how could he be I mean I was such a good kid look at how could he be like me how could he be treated you know even with more attention than me you know I should have went off and just did what I wanted to do you know if that was what it was going to be like at least I could have you know at least I could have had had some fun and not sit here and like work hard at my father's house or you know have all the son responsibilities and um you know, have you been there? You know, I've been there. Like, man, how can you be so... <laughs> I've been just... I mean, I've been the good kid, you know? How come How come you've been, you know, you get everything you want? You know, how come you get every? It seems like you just get grace after grace after grace, forgiveness after forgiveness, and you continue to just take advantage. Like, there's there's kind of some of that some of that older brother in all of us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've done that. I've willfully accepted that grace over and over again, but as soon as it's like extended to somebody else, I'm like, what? what? No, what they did was so so much worse than what I did. Come on. You know what I mean? And, and you start to be like, well, they're abusing it. How can you let them keep getting away with the same things over and over again? And I make one little mistake and that's, you know, that's it. It's over. And we, we do this comparative shopping thing where it's like, well, God, how come you treat me different than you treat them? They get everything. You know, they screwed up everything and then look how successful they are or whatever. You know, the heart of the older brother isn't you know, actually to, on a side note. It, I think this is one of the things that causes one of the deepest roots of pride in the church is, you know, they see these people that walk out and do whatever they want. And you get this like, I've never done that. You know, that whole yeah. pharisaical thing. It's not that it's like, well, I didn't do that. It's more like, look at this self-righteousness. guy. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know the older brother is in all of us and we you can try to deny it and be like no I love people I'm, I'm so welcoming but it's there and we need to put it to death because who are we to question God you know what I mean we're, we should be thankful that we didn't go out and suffer to that extent you know and we're talking about the older brother and he says in this passage you know the older brother's complaining to the dad you never did anything for me and the, and the father says son you are always with me and all that I have is yours. You know, you don't need me to kill the fatted calf for you. Like, you could have had it whenever you wanted. Like, everything that I own is yours. You know, there's no difference. You know, it's your calf we're killing. You know, it's yeah. this is all just our stuff. You know, we should be happy that your brother who, want, who was dead is now alive. You know, who was lost. 
is now found. I mean, rejoice with me, you know. And it's because we start thinking like, you know, earthly stuff is really when we've arrived, you know. Like the calf and the, what was he worried about? You never gave me a calf to party with my friends. Like he was so entrenched in his mind in, you know, earthly things and not heavenly things. And that's what his father was thinking about. Nobody has regretted putting all on the altar. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. This is where we end our final segment of The Altar Life episode I don't know how many of the, of the parables but we're in the prodigal son tonight welcome home and um, just in looking at the, the point of views of the two sons the older brother the one that is upset I guess and I can guarantee you the older brother instead of taking advantage of all that the father had given him I bet you the entire time the son, other son was gone he was bad mouthing him judging him saying oh look at that I can't believe he wasted all his money you know when he could have been enjoying the presence of his father and taking advantage of all that his father had, he was probably so worried about his younger brother. Because you can see it as soon as his younger brother comes back, he's like, what? <laughs> and the dad's like, hey, man, you had this at your disposal all the time. And I feel like we we do that a lot, and the church does that a lot, is that we look around. Instead of looking to God and worrying about us and God and our relationship with him, we look around at everybody else, and we set ourselves above everybody else. We're like, well, yeah, I have my problems, but that guy... Man, that's and that is what deters the prodigal from coming back because it's a church full of hypocrites and it's a church full of people that are just going to judge them and say, "Well, they deserve, they need God a lot more than I do." You know what I mean? Like, how dare they take advantage of God's grace like that and abuse it? You know, and that's one of the biggest deterrents of the prodigal coming back is because they know the the feeling of just that those eyes of scrutiny and that burden of you need to work and you need to make good on all the things that you did wrong that's man-made that's not god period (laughs) (laughs) if it wasn't for the father's riches the older brother would have been sitting in a pigsty with his younger brother since birth you know it's all about what the father brought to the table and nothing to do with what the older brother had you know and yeah he was the one out in the field working hard um as we should be, in a sense. Um, but you know, you know, the older brother and the younger brother were so were both in need of a savior. They were both in need of the father's riches. And you know, tonight I don't know. You, you may be a prodigal tonight, and you may be sitting there thinking, you know, I've been sitting in a pig slop for a long time, and I don't, I don't have anything to bring to the table. I don't even. Jesus wouldn't even love me if I came back, because really, I've just screwed up that much. I've walked away from him. You know. And that's not true. <laughs> that's just the enemy deceiving you again. Come to your senses tonight. Realize that Jesus loves you. The Father is reaching out his hand for you to come back. And you know what? He's going to put a robe on your on you, on you and a ring, and he's going to kill the fatted calf and party because, you know, you were lost and now you're found. You know, and if you're the older brother tonight, don't be the reason why that prodigal doesn't come home. And until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Yeah.